0: Hi, thanks for joining. My name is Callum Beaumont, the founder of Cordell Beaumont and the host of Maritime Software Hub. In today's episode, we've got a slightly different format. I'm going to bring in my colleague and one of our company directors, Daniel Duggan. He's going to talk to us about his experience in um, the maritime software space, both from a, a user point of view during his broken days, and also now in the uh, the recruitment space and the markets that he works with. So I hope you find this enjoyable. Dan's a really... Um, Diligent, articulate, and, and very kind of loyal and, and honest guy. He gives a good good um, impression everywhere he goes. So I'm really, really pleased and delighted to have him on. So I hope you enjoy. Thank you. Hi, Dan. Welcome
1: to the podcast. I'm very excited to be here. It's the, the first one <laughs> of, uh, of hopefully many. So, yeah,
0: really looking forward to it. No, definitely. It's good to, to have you on and obviously to introduce you. I've been hogging the mic probably a little bit too long now. <laughs> So it's good to get, uh, yeah, hear your story. And, and um, this episode is really going to be more perhaps about your, your profile and and the role that you do in Cordell Beaumont, um, and we can talk about what we're seeing in the markets at the moment and give an overview of of, of our solution that type of thing. So it's going to be a bit of a shorter episode um, in, in this uh, this recording. Probably um, just really go through what, what, what we are both kind of focusing on at the moment. Uh, any key kind of. Discussions and topics that are coming up regularly. So, before I I, I go into too much, um, it'd be great if you could give us a bit of background for yourself and uh, a bit of an overview perhaps of of what you do at Cordell Beaumont.
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, well, first of all, I'm Daniel Duggan, I'm director with with Cordell Beaumont. Um, I joined the company in September 2020. So, Josh after the, the pandemic had hit. So it was a really interesting time to, to start a, a new journey. But since then it's been great. We've seen a lot of changes obviously, um, mainly around remote, remote, remote working. But things have been really interesting for the maritime software industry. And I, I think there's um, a lot of interesting development still going on. But my background before the, uh, the recruitment side was actually more of in commercial shipping. Very much like yourself. So I got into to shipping starting as a, a tanker operator with EA Gibsons. Uh, so I did a uh, an internship there during my summer after graduating from university uh, and then very fortunately got the opportunity to join them full-time um, as a tanker operator which gave me a huge amount of insight to the, the daily operations within, uh, within Maritime which was really fascinating. I learned a hell of a lot there. And then moved on from the operations side to the broking side in 2015. Uh, just after a year of doing tanker ops, I got the opportunity to go and be a, a tanker broker with Clarkson's.
0: Was that, sorry to interrupt you, was, was that always kind of in your mind? You wanted to maybe start an ops and then move over to be a broker? At the... Oh,
1: 100%, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was very motivated to get into the shipbroking world. Um, okay. But operations is such a fantastic platform for that it really gives you the insight of how to deal with client relations you very much are in the middle of trying to make the smooth operations for the vessel there very clear communication skills it's also a job where you're many people don't realize you're on call 24 7 yeah so it's very intense you know you're constantly having to manage things and be on top of things so i think that really teaches you some some very valuable skills to them Progress what onto the was broking.
0: it that uh what, what was it that kind of really appealed to you about broking from from the i know you obviously with, in, your, your father was a broker for many yeah, years yeah so was there anything in particular stood out yeah for you? i
1: mean i was very fortunate to grow up within the maritime industry it's, it's similar to yourself uh so my father was a, a cape size broker um for about 40 years so i grew up surrounded by people in maritime so i really got to see the sort of the, the travel opportunities that were there to sort of the interesting things around the industry, not just in shipping itself, but also like the wider economy and the effects the shipping market has on that. So I always had an interest in it. I was very fortunate say so, to be surrounded by these people and learned a lot from a young age. So I was always quite motivated to go down that route. Uh, there were probably some other opportunities cooling out there, but I always felt that like shipping was was in the blood and something that I, I really felt a, a strong passion towards.
0: Good, and then, I mean, obviously, we, we both worked together at, at Clarkson's, and it's funny. I remember speaking to you, kind of perhaps towards the latter end of your 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 time at Clarkson, and and we were talking about perhaps possible next steps and that type of thing. So it's we've kind of come full circle now with you obviously joining us. So how, how have you find found the shift from kind of more commercial broking um, over to the, the the more shipping and obviously the more digital shipping? recruitment side yeah so the differences i was
1: quite there. fortunate during my time at Clarkson. um it was actually around when when maritech so of c by maritech was was set up uh so a couple of uh, other brokers including myself we actually end up getting involved with a couple of their software products um from a broker's perspective uh, so we got quite involved with the it guys in terms of user interfaces and uh how they wanted to develop the product sort of from its infancy really so We saw that transition coming and it was really interesting to be involved with that from the beginning. Yeah, And then it just sort of seems to have really exploded over the last five years. I would say you've seen a lot of startups coming into the space. It always seemed that shipping's been very traditionally voice-broked, which is great, but there's so much technology out there that you've got to utilize it. So yeah, moving from That traditional commercial space into the more digital space has been a really interesting transition. Obviously, always keeping involved with the broking side as well. Um, But I think that's been, for me, it's it's been really interesting to come onto the recruitment side and learn a lot more about the other companies, what they're also doing in the digital space, not just commercial maritime software that's out there to help Brokers and charterers and and traders, but also the more technical side, which is really helping vessel maintenance, performance, decarbonisation. The the, mm-hmm. the scope is huge, so it's been very very interesting.
0: Yeah, I think you you're in quite a rare position to have that user experience, basically, of the solutions and things. And, um, and I think it's great, and it means that when we when we tend to speak to people within our market, we have a little bit of an insight into. What the what the goal is of, of each software platform and who, who the target kind of client base is likely to be and what, what problem they're trying to solve. So that's um, no, really valuable that you've got that experience. And uh, I know when 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 I sort of went from broking into the the recruitment space, um, I thought there are quite a lot of actual of, of similarities between recruit, recruitment and ship broking. In the way that essentially you're you're still a middleman. You're kind of essentially trying to put two and two people together. Yeah whether it's a vessel or a cargo or or, or whatever, um, obviously people in a role and a job opportunity. So you're still very much kind of on, always on the front foot and prospecting. And normally, if you don't kind of uh, keep pushing, pipeline dries off and, and unfortunately, you uh, things can slow down. So it's really like broking. It's all about kind of your reputation and, and uh, getting out there and creating opportunities for yourself. So that's why I think your background in broking ties in very nicely with uh with recruitment. Yeah, like you say, I mean
1: it's a massive people industry. Everyone knows that with with marit the maritime world is is very fate, like face to face meetings, networking, constantly on the phone. Uh so it's very similar to to recruitment. So I think that's something that we we've, we've both always enjoyed doing. Um and say, so, yeah it's really given us opportunities to do that probably even more so now um with all these companies coming yeah. around.
0: So yeah. Yeah, no, I've definitely missed the, the physical, the sort of in person type of meetings. We do a lot of Zoom calls and, and Teams calls mainly. But um, I mean, for example, tomorrow we've got a, a first kind of client lunch we've had in a little while, and we've started to do more and more of these yeah. in London. And it's just sort of it was a real shame when you first joined, you probably had a good year or so, mainly of lockdown. So even we and, and the rest of the team couldn't necessarily kind of socialize as much um, as an early stage. But now lots of events are happening. and we make a point of traveling and sponsoring a number of the sort of the smart maritime network events or digital ship and some of the other uh, functions, which I know you enjoy going to. Yeah, they're, they're fantastic. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, really good. And so what what does your day to day look like now, would you say in your, your role? Before we start, actually, so you, you've um, obviously you joined us in a kind of equipment consultant role and you, you've, you've progressed and you've done well. And in a pretty short space of time, you've kind of, been promoted to a director level. So now in your role what, what would you kind of say your main kind of day-to-day objectives are and kind of duties and tasks that you do each day?
1: We're still covering recruitment on a, on a 360 basis um, yep. so whether it's trying to find new leads, new prospects uh, on the business development side, uh, constantly increasing our, our clientele but also keeping in contact with candidates on a, on a regular basis. We might be involved with either searching for particular roles or trying to help candidates find new opportunities out there. So still very much that 360, but then also with other people in Cordell, Beaumont, where we're sort of trying to help them develop, sort of teaching them skills around searching for for candidates or trying to do this, again, utilize their skills to help us on the business development side. That's something I've really enjoyed doing, actually, with working with a couple of other people to help them hone their recruitment skills. But also just on that, that day-to-day, really just speaking to as many people as possible, finding out the trends in the market. Yeah. Seeing what's going to come next and just keeping on top of things is, is so important.
0: No, it's good. And you you mentioned about mentoring. And uh, as I said, we're, we're currently hiring now for, for someone, in, a recruiter in the UK probably gonna mainly be based in London. Um but it's gonna be your first kind of direct report that's gonna yeah. kinda of you, you take yeah. under your wing. So maybe like uh I put you on the spot a bit here, but like um let's say if you were looking to hire someone, what kind of personality traits would you look for perhaps in a in someone that you'd like to kind of bring into your team? Okay, um
1: yeah, that's a really good question. But I I think above all else is is honesty. I think you've yeah. really got to build trust within your team i think you'd be transparent with each other and i say it's it all boils down to being honest with each other um so ever just like if you're struggling in a particular area don't see it as a weakness reach out for help if you're sort of unhappy of anything let's address it talk about it find a solution to the problem um like anything that needs to be done, I think honesty is is such an integral part. Yeah, I also think that you need to be incredibly diligent in your work. I think we we hold ourselves to a very high professional standard here. Um, so I think we, you know,
0: excuse the type, the casual attire, but other than that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, I think I think in terms of how we present and our communications with clients, so whether that be a, a teams meeting an in-person meeting or like a written email uh having really good yeah. con, like concise but clear communication is so important i mean that's something i picked up very early in my tanker operations days um making sure key points were there yeah being very precise of what you're doing so yeah I
0: especially when you're when you're dealing with different languages all the time like a
1: like yeah.
0: our our client base are purely completely international so it could be somebody from greece you're emailing to or norway or germany or the middle east so it really does make a big difference as you say having like a kind of well written and well thought out messages and clear and concise is really important
1: yeah and also so i was just going to add to that i just think someone who's who's personable this industry yeah. is such a, a people industry um so you need to be engaging you need to be friendly I think if, if you've got those sort of core personality traits, then you're not on a good platform
0: to succeed. Yeah, and, and on technology-wise as well. So, I mean, you know, we, we, we invest heavily with with our our partner, Recruit Hub, who manages our, our, our tech stack and our platform and has helped us scale over the last three or four years. Um, they've been a fantastic help. Yeah. Uh, so we're always on the lookout for the latest tech, basically, that can help. Our recruiters and our team kind of either streamline their processes, make things more simple, or or perhaps kind of come up with very clever ways to get access to certain kind of profiles or or kind of job leads, that type of stuff. So, do you think somebody that's kind of familiar with or just generally quite adept, is that right? Adept adept with technology is is also quite a a good trait to have? It's a great skill set to have, yeah. I mean,
1: I think in terms of with the personality traits we've covered that but in terms of the skill set yeah being able to understand certain types of crn systems um obviously you know search searching systems that we use uh yeah having your sort of up-to-date knowledge of of tech is so important now there's so many different platforms out there for recruiters to use but on the whole that they're, they're sort of fairly similar but if you've got that type of background that's only going to help you push on and succeed in, in a quicker time. And these tools are so valuable and so useful. Uh, I mean, we, we, I think we use them all the time. We, we get a lot of traction from using a, our software tools. So if that's something you're familiar with or at least have got a, a keen interest in learning, yeah, that's a very important skill set to have.
0: Definitely, especially in most of our clients are maritime software providers yeah. <laughs> or something related to that sort of trade. So yeah, it, it definitely adds, adds a lot of value cool. Okay, great. So just to finish on that point. So if, if for example, anybody is interested in listening or, or watching, they might be perhaps interested in a career or, or discussion with us about opportunities either either now or perhaps down the line um, in a recruitment type of role or, or maybe a more senior function, whatever might be interested of you, reach out to Dan or myself. i um, be delighted to have a chat. But let's move over to perhaps more of our core audience space, which is perhaps more people in the, the maritime software space. All uh, the kind of data analytics, that sort of area. If you were talking to someone, let's say uh, from the shipping space that doesn't necessarily hasn't had any experience in the technology side, yeah. what's kind of generally? What, what do you tend to say to them when they're thinking about the possibilities of moving over? Like, how? Do, and I know how I kind of articulate, but how, how do you tend to articulate it, to, like the, the scope and the opportunity to people?
1: It's a really interesting one because there's, there, I think, there's some people in the the more traditional shipping uh, companies or have a more traditional shipping background, that aren't necessarily aware of what's going on uh, within the digital landscape. But then there's a lot of people who are interested but aren't necessarily that invested in it. So I think it depends on what role they're currently doing and how there may be products out there that are targeted towards their particular area. Um, yeah. So whether you're talking to someone who's sailed on board vessels or someone who is a, an operator or charterer, um, sort of almost the, talking to them about what their current role is and how their skill set would relate to the particular company or a like, particular type of products that are out there, and if they're currently using any of these these products. You speak to some candidates and there may be a role that's going at the moment and they're like oh I, I didn't realize that that product was owned by that particular company uh and we use it every day so there might be something out there that they're using every day but they don't think too much about the company that's behind it all. um and then they start exploring that reason and, and i think that's probably the easiest way to explain to them is how those products help their their role at the moment yeah
0: exactly yeah and I guess in the sale the actual kind of role function that perhaps they could go and slot into in a new in a technology focused business say for example obviously if you're a broker it might be quite likely that you go into a, a, a sales role yeah. could be the, 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 the obvious one whether that's a business development role or it could be more of a kind of a client onboarding kind of liaison type of role like I don't know senior customer success manager or something like that um, where you're your main role is making sure you're building those relationships, making sure they understand the solutions and if if, if something is needs to be changed or released or a new module is uploaded that you're the one that's helping them with that upsell and, and, and driving the renewals. Um, and then you get the more maybe someone in vessel operations or or someone that's been on board a ship and perhaps they could be more along the lines of perhaps working on the actual modules themselves so the individual products that the maritime software companies. Um, offer perhaps they're very focused on, for example, vessel performance or voyage optimization or, or route analysis that type of thing. Um, their background could really fit in nicely to those sort of um, sort of functions and roles. So yeah, exactly. I think there's so much scope for people um, in in, in the space, and and also it kind of links to other markets. i uh, we, we know that we when we recruit for companies sometimes they they may may consider candidates from the core maritime space or maybe they might look at the supply chain space um or satellite communication space that kind of is loosely linked to maritime in some way so i think there's lots of avenues for people from different industries to get into maritime software
1: yeah 100 i mean they they say that you've mentioned three different types of sector there um that all overlap uh and even when we go to these events you, you see different companies at the event that yeah, you say they may be a satellite communications company, or they may be someone who's much more focused on decarbonisation. I mean, it's a huge area for shipping at the moment. Is to to increase efficiency. So whether that's yeah. weather routing, or um, whether it's on the actual vessel's performance, or type of bunkers that they're they're burning, and, and where they get sourcing their bunkers from on pricing as well. There's there's products now out there for for those kind of things. So. Every, I think like every area of the maritime industry is being tapped into on the digitalization. And once you really start digging, you realize how many different areas and, and parts of this are involved. And like you mentioned about supply chain as well. So there's a lot, there's a lot of scope and it's about also trying to get these companies to, to see what each other are doing and also find out a way of how they work together. Um, it's something we constantly see this is a little bit of a challenge
0: yeah and that's where these events um I mean, the Binnacle was doing the digital progress that we're, we're part of as well and uh the main goal is to bring people together share share ideas and collaboration and i guess from a from an end user point of view you have so many options perhaps and different solution providers selling to you all the time uh and it might be a bit kind of confusing about which one's best or what works with another module. So what can we use that kind of ties in with another solution to save another six months worth of on- onboarding type of thing. So yeah, I agree. I I, I, I'm, I, think I mentioned it in another podcast. I think there's more and more companies are kind of consolidating and, and merging. Uh, I mean, recently we saw Vesson and, yeah. and Vessels Value. Um, so some big names are now partnering up and, and in a way it might shrink the market to a point, I'd, I'd say. But uh, if anything, it just makes these 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 companies even more attractive, perhaps to people from outside the biz the, the space. And I think that these 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 guys these, these are the solutions they're offering. This is what they've done. They've acquired these businesses and stuff. Um, it can be pretty exciting, I think, for someone not from our, our market. So yeah, definitely, totally agree. Good. Okay. Cool. So I guess as, as far as I don't want to talk too much about COVID, but um, I mean, how, how do you think? Let's say over the last couple of years since you joined the kind of hiring trends have changed. Have you seen much of a, a dip sort of in certain points or what's your oh, I think your it's, it's been a very
1: interesting two and a half years since I joined. I think when I, when I first came into recruitment or, or to, was involved with recruitment, it was very much a, a space where people were in the office five days a week um, and yeah. The idea of even hybrid working wasn't really discussed. Uh, and then all of a sudden, everyone was working fully remote. So the transition we saw was rather than maybe looking to hire in a particular location and looking for the best person in that area, companies started to look for what they thought was the best person for that job, almost regardless of location. Um, ideally, if they were in the right time zone, that was more desirable. Um yeah. But for candidates and clients alike, they were way more flexible on remote working. And it's something that hung around for a little bit after the, the pandemic came to an end. And that changed the way we were were doing our roles. Um, so, you know, we had a, probably a, a wider candidate pool. Which was very interesting getting to speak to people and what was really important to them. Um, but now we've also seen... That change, so people where people originally wanted to work fully remote, people are now coming back to a stage where I think they like to be on a, a more of a hybrid model. They like seeing people face-to-face again. They like getting a bit more of a routine. And we've also seen some companies go back to almost four or five days a week in the office, depending on the role. But uh, I think there's there's been this almost a bit of a, a 180 from where we were last year or or sort of around the pandemic time but it is very much depending on
0: on where companies are based and and what their cultures like yeah and on that point of kind of remote working and and from your point of view mm-hmm. do you think it's had an impact kind of on your own kind of mental well-being like your i don't know your relationship at home and and with work how has it impacted you yeah so for me, I just, I think it's maybe my personality, but
1: I, I'm a lot happier probably working in a more remote environment. Um, I actually live just outside of London. So I used to commute mm. every day, um, that sort of hour and a half each way. So it's three hours of my day commuting, uh, which I, I fortunately no longer have to do something like that. Um, so I, I feel more energized. I feel a bit more more refreshed when i'm doing my role um i also find it's easier for me to sort of work around flexible hours in the evening if there's things i need to cover out of working hours it's much easier for me to be on home be at home i can just quickly log on and, and sort out what i need to sort out it's quite nice just to to go for a walk. where i am where i live it's quite countryside so i quite like to go out for a walk if i can that's sort the of time dependent um but get out, get some sunshine, get some fresh air, rather than walking out into a really like busy city <laughs> um with lots of yeah. cars going past. Um
0: everything feels like work, doesn't it? When you get into them yeah, Lem- you get off the train yeah. or wherever you're going to, you immediately feel like you're at work. Until, until you get off that train on the platform when you're at home, you then start to switch. Yeah,
1: up. but I feel like also here is that I have a I've a designated workspace. I think that's the most important thing. Um yes, I have my workstation if once once the sort of day ends, I tend to try and close the door, forget about that, unwind. Um, and also with remote working, people might think it's very isolating, but what we've started to do is you know, where we've been traveling, uh, with international travel, uh, like say, tomorrow we, we've got this meeting in London again. We get the face-to-face time and we almost dictate that. Um, so when we do get the face-to-face time, it's, it's valuable time it's not just sort of as and when you, you might be in an office or someone's around the corner. I think it's much better to get someone to engage with you and make that time as valuable as possible. So for me, I, yeah, I, I actually really enjoy it. But <laughs> you might appreciate it. It's not everyone's cup of
0: tea. I, I'm kind of the opposite. I, I, I miss our dartboard. I miss the games we used to play <laughs> in the office, I'll be honest with you. Um, but no, it it, it has it's definitely pros and cons. Like we've got three dogs here two kids and everything so it can at times be pretty full on um and I just lock myself away in the office most of the time. yeah I'm not at that stage uh, yet so I don't don't have those distractions just me at home during the day (laughs) I did I did like that getting out I don't know 10-12 hours then coming back and oh it's bedtime okay no problem (laughs) put them to bed but uh no it's good I I think I think a a, a mixture is 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 really healthy yeah I agree Uh, especially as i said on the mental health side i think you need that interaction face to face and little things like we use stuff like i know it sounds obvious but slack we do our team teams calls every every monday and thursday morning so we've got some sort of structure there where at least you know you're going to definitely touch points or speak to people face to face um but yeah i think it's it's key to have like you said a designated workspace in some way you can kind of shut off afterwards yeah, that's really good yeah, definitely okay cool so yeah any um I think any, I think for me that's kind of a nice little introduction to to what you're what you're going to be what you do at Cordel baymont and, and and obviously um you're going to be speaking to some some guests up, coming up fairly shortly as well yeah so I think it'd be really exciting for our listeners to hear hear your point of view and, and hear from your the contacts that you bring in as well. So, uh, any questions? Anything you want to talk about before we go? I think that, I think really we've good. given a really good insight. Um, let's say if
1: anyone's thinking about uh, a career in in recruitment within the maritime industry in particular sort of digital. Don't do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm
0: I'm stealing Amy's <laughs> comment, but yes. <laughs> um,
1: I, I think it's a really exciting industry. I I think that. The people you get to speak with and the things you learn um, is so insightful and, and just a really interesting industry. Um, I mean, maybe you, you, something you currently you currently do, maybe you work in Maritime already, but being able to be somewhere where you get to speak to z- such a vast variety of people globally is, for me, one of the best things you can do. Um, and you yeah. really learn a lot it's a, it's a great platform for learning and and you constantly every, every there's no two days are the same i don't think
0: yeah i think it's like shipping in a way like if you're a broker you can strive you can strive to be the best broker in the world mm. and yeah. you look at the big 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 names people know them across the markets and it's the same in recruitment you have that um uncapped ability to try and create a name for yourself build a reputation build a brand around you and your team uh, and that's why I love it. Like there's no real barriers ent- to entry. You just got to hopefully deliver yes. <laughs> and get people to like yeah, you definitely. is the main thing. Um, so no, I, I I think it's enjoyable. And if, especially if you have a passion for doing a deal and you, you kind of want to enrich your life by hopefully kind of not necessarily about money, but money can help facilitate other things like travel, time, that sort of stuff. And, and recruitment is a great platform for that. Um, But it is definitely hard work. I think we both, we know that very well. Yeah, Yeah, you You get peaks and troughs. But if you build some really strong kind of meaningful relationships with with, with some clients and and it's really generally very valuable when you help people kind of propel their careers forward, it's it's, it's a great, great feeling. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, really good. Awesome. All right, well, let's end on that note. Um, But thank you for listening, everyone. And uh, Dan, thank you for your time. Good to catch up. So uh, we'll speak to you a bit later. Yeah, great.
1: Really looking forward to to hosting the next one.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Maritime Software Hub. I really enjoyed learning more about Dan's background and also uh, hearing about the type of role functions and and, and companies that he works with here at Cordell Beaumont. Um, He's very knowledgeable, either both on the maritime software side, uh, obviously the commercial shipping side with his background in broking, and also in the data kind of subscription sales space. So if you'd like to reach out to him, his email is daniel at Beaumont.com And I'm sure I'd be glad to hear from you. And if you'd like to learn a bit more about Cordell Beaumont and our general recruiting services, please visit www.cordellbeomont.com. Till next time, thank you very much.